Thank you for listening to the Calvary Chapel Lubbock podcast. Our mission of teaching people to love God by showing them how much He loves us starts right now. Now guys, I know we're live. So, I mean, this is just one of those things where it's not Memorex, it's live. But those of you who grew up way in the 80s, you know what I'm talking about. But, uh, so if there's anything um, going on, um, we'll try to fix it as best you can. Just uh, bear with us. So, anyways, let's jump into our text. See, according to this author, okay, his name is Eric Sauer. He says this. Now listen. He says, we're living, right now, believers are living in a spiritual resurrection as we wait... Okay, so, so understand, right now we're living as we wait for the day when we're going to be given our new body. Okay, now that's going to happen, we believe, at Calvary in a couple of ways. You go, what's that? Number one, there are those of us that are going to take our final breath here, the body's going to go in the grave, and then we will wait for that resurrection day. That's one way. Another way we believe is according to First Thessalonians, where it says we will be raptured, okay? So, so we're not going to go in the grave. There are those of us that are going to be looking up for our redemption, and all of a sudden, boom, we're going to have this glorified, resurrected body. But here's what Eric Sauer writes. You need to catch this, okay? He says, quote, the present age is Easter time, and it begins with the resurrection of the Redeemer and ends with the resurrection of the redeemed. Between lies the spiritual resurrection are those who called into life. So what's he saying? Well, last week we dissected this just a little bit, but he says, as believers, okay, you and I, he says, we're, we're, we're living between two Easters, two Easters. Now, let me explain. According to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 20, Paul writes, but Christ is risen from the dead. Now, that's a good place for an amen, okay? So if you're at home, you go amen, and has become the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. Now, he's not talking about, hey, you went to bed last night and you fell asleep and you woke up this morning. He's saying to those who have, as a believer, have died, okay? Pretty, pretty claim. But he says sleep because he knows that the believer is really going to, well, he's going to resurrect one day. And so what he means is being the first fruit. He says, okay, so this is what it is. We got to get this. We got to wrap our minds around this, guys, because this is the sermon. It says, Jesus Christ, okay, Jesus Christ is the only one who has died and rose again and stayed alive. Okay, that's what it means by the first fruits. See, because, because there are several other people who have died. Jesus rose them from the dead, but they eventually died again. We talk about Lazarus. See, if Lazarus was the first fruits, then he'd still be alive today, but he's not. He came out of the grave. He said, what's up, fellas? And then eventually, we don't know when, but we know that Lazarus died once again. Jesus, guys, our Jesus. Now, when I say our Jesus, I want you to make him personal. He has to be your Jesus. Okay, because there's a lot of people who believe in God. There's a lot of people who believe in Jesus, but it's our Jesus. Our Jesus is the only one who is alive. And because of that, guys, because of that, we're going to rise one day in bodily form. And all those who have died, Paul says, who have fallen asleep, gives the connotation of death of the body of the believer. Okay, so what's he saying? What's his rap? Here it is. Listen, if you are born again, believer of Jesus, if you are born again follower, if you are a fully devoted follower of Christ, when you die, your body stays here in the ground. Okay? And it'll be a sad uh, situation for us because we'll miss you. But your body will go here. 
Your spirit will go be with Jesus until one day when he comes back for us, then we will all receive our new bodies and our resurrected bodies. Now, I think that's a good place for an amen. Why? Because we're going to get a totally different body. So I don't know how, I don't know what form we need to give the Lord to say, this is what I'd like in my new body. But I do know that it's a spiritual body. And so it's going to be out of this world. Pastor, how do you know it's a spiritual body? Well, well, hold on. We're going to get to that, guys. We're going to get to that here in just a moment. Okay. But we will have resurrected bodies. How do you know? Well, first and foremost, we'll have the first Easter. Okay. The first Easter happened 2000 years ago. How so? Well, that's when Jesus came and he rose. I mean, it's so amazing. If you go to Israel with us uh, in 2021, Lord willing, we're praying. If you go with us, you're going to see an empty tomb and you go, man, he is alive. He is risen. That's the first Easter. Okay. Then we have a third Easter. You go, what's the third Easter? The, the third Easter is our bodily resurrection. Okay. All those that have gone before okay, have, are, are going to go first, and, and we'll have our body. That's the third Easter. But then we have a second Easter, which is a, what we call a spiritual resurrection. Now, here's what happens. You were born in Adam, and you were born in sin, okay? So you were in sin until the, the Holy Spirit illuminated, if you will, guys, your need for Jesus. And when you said, oh, I'm a sinner, I messed up, I can't handle the guilt and the shame, what do I need to do? And it's the Holy Spirit who says, you need to put your faith in Christ, in Jesus. And when you did that, however it was, you may have walked an aisle. You may have just said it at home. It might have been something. But when you did that, we believe that you're born again. That's what the Bible says, born again. That is what we call, guys, the second Easter. See, your spirit was dead. Now it's alive. Your spirit is resurrected. Now, we have a problem. Do we not have a problem? Why? Because my spirit wants to praise the Lord. My spirit wants to be obedient. My spirit wants to worship. And my flesh goes, mm-mm, we ain't doing that today. We're going to sleep in. We're going to hang out till one o'clock in the bedroom. Come on now. And, and, and we just, and our flesh wants to do opposite. And, and my spirit wants to run and fast and hard after the things of the Lord. But my flesh goes, no, I don't want to. Come on. And so, we got to deal with that. We got to deal with that, right? And so that's what we're going to do. Now, as my good friend Adam said, in two weeks, guys, we're going to celebrate Easter. Okay? Now, it, celebrating Easter doesn't mean we have... I, I pray that we're filled as a church. Because really, seriously, guys, I'm starting to miss you all a lot. You got to remember, for 15 years, I've seen your face week in and week out, week in and week out. I've seen, I got to hug you. We got to, we got to drink coffee together. And now I'm going, okay, this is not fun anymore. I miss my family. Okay. But I know Adam posted on Facebook yesterday uh, a meme that says, listen, just because of this virus going around, this unprecedented, unprecedented times, this uncharted terror, that doesn't mean we're still not going to celebrate Easter. And I said, amen, we're going to celebrate Easter, guys, and, and hopefully it'll be in the church. But if not, that's not going to keep us from out. We're going to celebrate, okay? We're celebrating the death, burial, and, help me, church, resurrection of Jesus Christ. So we're excited about that. Now, back to our text. Let me remind you what Paul, why he's writing this letter, okay? Now, why do we do that? Ben, 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 listen, you keep telling us why. Here's why. Listen, because I want you to feel the weight of why Paul writes the letter, 
Okay, because we can take verses out of context, we can make them a pretext, and then we can make them say whatever they want. But you need to know the heart and the mind behind why Paul's writing. And so what happened was, is he established his church, and there were five major, major problems in the church. We've covered them. Now, I keep giving them to you because I want to ask you, after we go through this book, hey, what were the five major problems? And you're going, oh, right here, right here, right here, right here. And you know them, so when you read 1 Corinthians, you understand the heart of what Paul is writing. You go, what were they? Well, real quick, chapters 1 through 4, Paul writes about divisions. There were divisions in the body. Okay? We're not going to get into it because you've already gone through, but in verses 5 through 7, he addresses some problems. Check this out. Related to sex. (gasps) We don't say that in church. No, no, no. Sex, guys, and singleness and marriage, and Paul deals with all of that. Let me just say this. The Bible is very relevant in our lives today, is it not? And then in chapters 8 through 10, it's the issue of food, but really food offered to idols. Now, it's not so much food anymore, but it's, 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 what he wants to deal with is, as believers, we don't want to cause a younger brother to stumble. Now, what might be okay for you and, you, and you, and you're feeling good about it, may not be good for a younger brother. And so we have to go, no, 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 I have the freedom to do it, but I also have the freedom not to do it. Because I don't, because why? Here's what Paul says, people matter. People matter. And we got to get that deep in our hearts. Okay, we got to get that to where we start looking externally at people and how they matter to God and how they would matter to us. And then in chapters 11 through 14, well, they were having problems with their weekly gatherings. Okay, there was some crazy stuff. And Paul says, no, no, listen, you guys are worshiping, but there's some stuff we need to deal with. He takes those chapters. And of course, Paul addresses the final problem, guys. And it was the bodily resurrection of Jesus Christ. Now, in the church at Corinth, there were some people in the church who didn't believe that Jesus rose from the dead. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? They, were, they got saved with the death, burial, and resurrection, and somehow they, they lost that love. It, no, I don't know what's happened, but, but they changed. And so I thought, okay, let's go back. Let's go back. Let's understand why, what was going on, okay? Here's why. Because their culture is different than our culture. Okay, we're living 2020 in a crazy time. I'm telling you right now, I got to take a moment and just say, hey, you know, listen, I go to bed at night thinking, okay, maybe it's just a dream. I'm going to wake up. Everything's going to be just normal. And I'm going to look at my wife and say, man, I had the craziest dream. There was this virus spreading throughout there. And we all got to be home together. And we couldn't go out to eat. And I just miss Mexican food. You know, whatever it might be, right? Whatever it is. But, but then I wake up and I'm going, no, we're, it actually happened. It actually happened. But we'll get through it. I promise you. Well, Pastor, what's your, what's your spiritual thoughts on this? Stay close to Jesus. Stay close to Jesus. I know he's coming back. Oh, yeah, do you know when? I don't know when. But I'm telling you, he's preparing the hearts of the people. What could it be? Could it be months? Could, could it be? It could be years. It could be. All I know is, is stay close to Jesus. Okay, stay close to Jesus. So, there's people in the Church of Corinth. They they didn't believe in the bodily resurrection. They just they didn't believe. Right now, for you and I to fully understand what's going on, I need to give you some background. Okay, think about this. Okay, there were a lot of Greek. There were a lot of Greek philosophers in the time. Right there. Okay, and they, guys, they, they didn't believe in a, the resurrection of the body. 
Okay, these philosophers would get together, and here's what they were thinking. They were citing to them the body was a source of man's weakness and sin. Okay, you get that, right? So what did they do? They said, listen, we're going to embrace death. And because when we embrace death, it frees the body, right? It frees the soul from the body. Now, I say, hey, Adam, listen, you're going to get, you're going to, you're going to get a bodily resurrection. Adam's going to go, no, 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 wait, 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 wait. I, I, listen, I'm... I like my body fine and all for now, but I don't want to die, be free from that, and then, and then have to deal with that again. So I'm going to have to, what, I'm going to have to, uh, I'm going to have to pass, if you will, on the bodily resurrection. I don't want the same, but I don't want to have to be, I don't want to have to be in bondage of sin and death and weakness again. Okay, I think of Sister Amanda with, with, with her issues, and it's like, no, 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 I don't, no, I'm, I'm good. I, I, she would not, uh, you guys understand where I'm going. And this is what they were, they were teaching. Okay, and and so their thought was, why would I want my body to come back alive, and then I would be in the same place as I was before? Now, this is often called in in theological circles Greek dualism. Okay, because they actually did not believe in a resurrection. Now, to be fair, okay, to be fair, um, some of the rabbis taught the same thing. But let me go back just a little bit. Why? Because here's what we need to wrap our minds around, okay? Many of the converts, guys, in Corinth, they came to faith at the teaching of Paul, okay? And they came to faith with that belief. They were listening to the philosophers. They heard the death, burial, and resurrection. They accepted Jesus. And then they sort of started denying it. Well, Paul comes in and he says, listen, I need to tell you guys something because I love you. I got to share the consequence of denying the Jesus bodily resurrection and our future. He goes, why? Okay, now listen, this is, this is for us, okay? Okay, now listen. It says, this mindset of denying the resurrection of Jesus, guys, it is devastating to Christianity. You understand that. In other words, denying the resurrection involves denying Christ's redemptive work in individuals and creation. Yeah, you know, I don't believe Jesus. I, yeah, you know, he's a good man. He's a, he's a good man. Um, but uh, no, I don't think he was the son of God, and I don't think he rose from the dead. I think of Charles Templeton, who was a contemporary of Billy Graham and was just amazingly at evangelism, ended up denying the faith and, and really just proclaiming that Jesus was a good man. He was one of the best person, people to listen to. He was wise beyond his years, but he certainly wasn't God. No, he was God. And you go, Ben, what does this mean? Denying the resurrection, guys, means that we're really not saved. Well, Jesus died, didn't he? He died for our sins. Yeah, but see, the power comes in the resurrection. And here's what I love about this, guys. The same Right? The same spirit that rose Jesus from the grave lives in you. And we miss that. We miss that. And why do we miss that? We miss that because, because again, think about it, guys. We miss it because we're just like, I don't know. You don't know my past. I, I did some really bad stuff. I did some really awful things. And I don't know. No, no, no. When you gave your life to Jesus, the same spirit that rose Jesus from the dead, guys, he lives in us. And I think it's so cool. But Corinth. Okay, the rabbis also taught that there were no bodily resurrection. Uh, I found one example. I'm going to give it to you real quick. Um, it's from it, it, the writing is the Apocalypse Baruch. That's what it, it's from. And here's what it writes. He writes, 
Um, the earth shall restore the dead and make changes in its form as it is received, so it shall restore, unquote. You go, what? Well, you, that was a lot of words you said. No, it's basically saying how you died is how you're going to come back. And so the rabbis were teaching this, and so Corinth is going, what do we believe? And Paul says, no, 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 let me tell you. So he spends a whole chapter, chapter 15, telling you the truth about the resurrection. Now, Paul says that Jesus did rise from the dead. I'm going to wait for an amen. So if you're at home, say amen. Don't spill your coffee, okay? But that's a great place. Why? Because it's a glorious resurrection. We call that the first Easter. And because Jesus uh, did rise, we who are in Christ will one day rise as well. Now, here's what that should do. That should bring just amazing peace in your heart. You shouldn't be afraid of death. You shouldn't be afraid to die because you know, hey, man, listen, this is going to go in the grave, and I know our family will miss us. I understand that, okay? We all have an expiration date, okay, from the time we were born to the time we Listen, I get that, but that doesn't, it's not the end. The end is I'm going to come back. I'm going to come back with this amazing body. Well, guess what? Just like you're sitting there looking at me, Paul does something so amazing under the power of the Holy Spirit. You go, what's that? He's, he's going to answer two of the most popular questions that's on everybody's mind, okay? Because he just preached the resurrection. He just, he, just, he just gave us an incredible, Jesus did rise. Listen, here's the, here's the problem. If you deny it, listen, you're still in your sins and you shouldn't be here. You know, you're just, your life is futile. It doesn't mean anything. But then they're asking what? The two important questions, how and what? Okay, how and what? Okay, so in order to get what Paul was saying, let's just quickly, quickly, quickly recap uh, chapter 15 so we get a good understanding. Okay, the first 11 verses, okay, Paul gives us the affirmation of the resurrection of Jesus. You go, what's that? I'm going to give it to you again because I really, really want you to have it, okay? This is the foundation of where you live. Paul writes, for I delivered to you first all that I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. He was buried and he rose the third day according to the scriptures. And we go, amen. Yes, that's the foundation and where I live. Then in verses 12 through 19, he says, now, let me talk about the consequences. We talked a little bit about the consequences and how important it is to inspect our foundation. It's very important. Why? Because a lot of times we grow up in culture, we grow up in religion, we grow up in some, some just weird doctrine stuff, and so we have to come back and we have to go. Now, now here's what happens, okay? We, we grow up with the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's our foundation. And then somehow it skews over to a works-related religion. And so, man, I've got to work for Jesus or he won't like me. I've got to be doing this. I've got to be doing that. Listen, I'm going to be a pastor because I want to be on Jesus' team. And, and, and that's not it. It's, it's through grace that we're saved by faith. We're called to be pastors. We're called to be servants. We're called to be leaders. We're called to be because we love Jesus. You understand? So we got to be we got to check our foundation. Okay, I'm secure. I'm secure in that. Okay? You go, "Well, what happens if my foundation is cracked? What happens if it's a little messed up?" Now, think think this through. Okay, think this through. Um, what happens at time is fear, guys, can creep in and take control. A month ago, we were all living, man, economy was great, everything was good, man, we were going to ball games, we were, we were going to uh, worship conference, concerts, we were, we, were, we were, a month ago, we were getting on airplanes and we were flying over, look how much has changed in a month. And if our foundation is not secure, then fear can creep in. God, what do we do? 
Hopelessness, guys, can and will be our constant companion. And if we're, if we're really having truth in church, we, we, we all get like that at times, man. We, we'll wake up one morning and go, oh, and we have to get back into the Word of God. I know I do. The, the news is overwhelming. I was telling Joseph today, I was telling Joseph, basically, if you watch the news for any length of time, that freaked me out because I'm going, is it worse than I thought? And, oh, and so I have to check my foundation because what follows hopelessness, guys, is anxiety and depression will come knocking. We talked about this on Wednesday night. I can't believe this. There was a fella and his wife who decided to try to self-medicate, I guess, or, or try to somehow, they ate chlorine that goes in a fish tank and one ended up, I mean, this is fear. This is fear. Back in our text, Paul says, okay, so verses 20 through 34, we talked about last week. He gives us what? He gives us the great Christian hope. Jesus did rise from the dead. And, and that's why he goes, and that's why we stand at jeopardy every hour. He says, that's why, listen, we truly believe this in the gospel of Jesus Christ because it is the power of God unto salvation. This is how we're saved. This is how we're saved. I think about that so much, guys. I think about that so much. How are you guys saved? I mean, you guys have brains. You're very intellectual. I mean, I'm, I'm serious. And so, but it is the gospel. And it is the power of God unto salvation for all who believed. And of course, we finished up last week in verse 34. You know what Paul says? He says, awake to righteousness. Do not sin. For some do not have the knowledge of God. I speak this to your shame. Here's what he's saying. Better come to your right mind, right? Wake up. Wake up. He says, don't, listen, don't sin by following those who don't believe. Don't sin. He says, don't be ignorant of the knowledge of God. Guys, listen, listen. Every one of us has the word of God for ourselves. Every one of us can study. Every one of us should be looking and should be reading. I don't know why God put this on my heart, but let me just say this to you. This is completely out of context. It's not in our text. But if they were to take away our Bibles, guys, do you have enough God's word in, God's word in your heart? And I don't know why the Lord wanted me to say that, but what if they did? What if they said, hey, listen, you can't read your Bible. And so, and so we need to have this as our foundation. We need to have this. on. Okay, I'm sorry, sorry. Back, back to our study. Back to our study. Okay, so today, okay, if you're taking note, Paul's going to answer two questions, okay, about the resurrection. But here's what he does. I love that Paul gives us four uh, different perspectives about the resurrection, okay? If you understand Paul's writing, Paul's kind of, kind of, kind of, he's a problem solver, Okay, he, he looks at everything, but he doesn't just tell you, here's the solution. He says, let me, let me illustrate it so you go, oh, okay, L- let me illustrate it this way. Okay, Jesse, okay, Jesse knows all this kinds of stuff about technology. Okay, he's an IT guy. And he starts pushing in buttons and you got to do RIP, and I'm going, yeah, just work, just make it work. But I, I love the facts, he, and, and, and I love the way the body works. Why? Because, He's using Jesse, he has my gifts, and together. But, but you understand, you understand, Paul writes the same way. He's a problem solver, and he gives us four 
He's going to give us four illustrations, okay? You go, what are they? Well, if you're taking note, he's going to give the analogy, first and foremost, of the seed. He's going to say, hey, let's talk about a seed. You guys know about seed. You guys are farmers. You know about a seed. And then he's going to say, now, let me just tell you about the flesh itself. That's another perspective, okay? And he says, oh, and by the way, I'm going to use, I'm, I'm, going, to, I'm going to kind of use astronomy a little bit. I'm going to talk about heavenly bodies because you guys kind of know this. And he says, and then last but not least, let me give you the prototype perspective. Let me just kind of tell you how this sums up. So he's going to answer the questions and give us four perspectives. So that's where we pick up our study, guys. Verse 35, 1 Corinthians, and he says this, but someone will say, how are the dead raised up? And what body do they come? Great questions. Great questions. Okay? You got to love the Corinthian church. You go, why? Because they're not just going, okay, Paul. They're going, okay, well, okay, help me understand. Um, how are the bodies raised up? Okay, how? How, how does this work? And, like, um, what body are we going to have? Because I don't want the same body. Okay? I don't want the same body. I want a body that doesn't have to count calories. I want a body that I have to worry about the little belly coming out here. I, I, you know, I, let's talk about this. And Paul says, listen, look at verse 36. He says, foolish one, what you sow is not made alive unless it dies. Now you go, okay, what did Paul say? Okay, now he's beginning to answer. Now, it seems to me that those who got saved believing in the resurrection of Jesus are now questioning the very foundation of what they believed. Okay? For example, we're adding on to our stage. Okay? Adam, Jesse, a few of us have, are adding on to the stage. Okay? Now, I was here helping. I was more of a, I was more of a gopher. They tell me, go for that, and I'd go get it, and they'd say, go get lunch, I go get it. But nonetheless, I was still here. Okay? Now, I saw how they built the stage. I saw the two by fours that came through. I know it's solid. I saw every screw that went in. You guys tracking with me? Now, it would be silly for me to come back and go, I'm not sure if Adam knew he put the right foundation. I, I'm really denying that. Don't, dude, you saw it. You were here. You were part of this. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. So what would he say? They would say, Ben, that's foolish. You were here. You saw that. You helped. Yeah, I don't, Adam, it's not going to hold me, bro. It's not going to hold me. Listen, I, I mean, and, and, and so that's kind of how it is basically on a spiritual level. And so Paul goes, now listen, you, you, you got saved believing this, but, but now he says, uh, what's going on? And he says, now, he says, foolish one. Now a better rendering would be you fool. And I don't think Paul meant like you. He's just going, guys, think about this. Think about this. He says, you guys know about us, right? You guys know how to sow a seed in the ground, right? It doesn't sprout to life unless it dies. That's what he's saying. Now, if you're taking notes, I mean, the first perspective is an analogy of the seed. Okay, and I want you to get this in your heart. Paul's going to take an example from nature and show the Corinthian church that life can come from death. How so? Look at verse 37. He says, for what you sow, you do not sow that bodily that shall be, but mere grain, perhaps wheat or some other grain. But God gives it a body as he pleases to each seed its own body. What is Paul saying? Ooh, I love Paul. Why? He says, when you sow a seed, he says, you don't expect the same seed to come up at the harvest. 
Okay, he says the seed goes in the ground, it dies, right? But what comes out is a new life. And it doesn't come out the same. It doesn't. You go, yeah. Do you remember when you were in third grade and they took, they made you take a pinto bean home or whatever kind of bean and put it in there and then you watered it and watched it grow, right? You were like, wow, this is cool. I remember doing that over and over and over, right? Never once did I grow a anything that looked like a bean. It was green. It was totally different. But you know what I had to do? I had to take that bean and put it in the dirt and I had to put it in water in there and then I had to watch it. And, and it, it, that's what Paul is saying. Paul's saying, listen, something has to die in the ground to resurrect a new creation. How so? Let me illustrate it this way, okay? Um, let's just say I had in my hand, I don't have one for the sake of our study, but let's just say I had an acorn, okay? I had a little acorn, you know, little squirrels are getting the acorns and stuff. If I had an acorn and I said, hey, check this out, man, this is so cool, Okay? Do you realize that this is, I have in my hand, I'm carrying around a 50-foot oak tree. You go, Ben, that's silly. That's an acorn. No, 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 it's a 50-foot oak tree. You said, no, it's, uh, you know, it's not. Well, here's, here's what happens. Unless I take that, 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 what, that acorn and put it in the ground, guys, in 50 years, I'm going to have a giant oak tree. Okay? And that's what Paul is saying. Paul is saying, okay, okay, so it would be silly for you to go, oh, no, he's, he's carrying around an, an oak tree. Sort of. But I have to, we have to put it in the ground first. But think about what Paul says. Okay? Look at verse 38. He says, but Paul, but, but God gives it a body as he pleases to each seed its own body. Now, here's what he's saying. You've got to jot this down. I know that all of us right now, guys, we're thinking, man, what is a resurrected body going to look like? Like, like is Adam still going to have a beard? You know, is that as like, because like, you know, I mean, and, and here's what he's saying. Listen, we can take peace. We can have joy, right? Some of us are really tall. Some of us want to be taller. Okay. Am I going to be short? Am I going to be stocky? Am I going to be built? Am I going to, whatever it might be, Paul says, no, no, listen, God can raise up any kind of body. It's going to be the most amazing body. Blessed at the resurrection, right, at their own appropriate body that's pleasing to God. But here's what I love. I love that it, in heaven there is no sickness, there is no disease, there is no, there's no malfunction of the human body. So the body that resurrects is going to be amazing. So Paul says, listen, you take a seed, you put it, go ahead, and then What's going to happen? Now, right now, all over our country, all over the world, we have what we call cemeteries, right? Lots of people in the grave. And right now, one day, they're all going to sprout, but they're going to sprout to new life, new bodies. And that's where he uses. But he says, okay, so some of you maybe are not farmers. Let me give you a second perspective. Let's just talk about the flesh. Look at verse 39 with me, church. He says, all flesh is not the same flesh. But there is one kind of flesh of men, another kind of flesh of animals, another of fish, and another of birds, okay? So what he's saying, guys, he goes, okay, let me just, let me just talk about form, okay? You'll notice that there's a variety of bodies. They're stunning. And isn't that true just in the human form? Could you imagine if every one of us in the world had the same body type? 
All the same body type. We all look like... He says, no, 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 listen, there's different... As a matter of fact, there's, there's different kinds of seeds. There's different kinds of bodies. You've got, you've got human bodies. You go, yeah. You've got birds. You've got animals. You've got fish. None of us have gills. You know what I'm talking about? And he says, this is what's going on. And he says, now listen, our resurrection body, guys, will, can, will have... Um, it's going to be so amazing. And it's going to be just have this... this uh, dramatic, positive differences. It's just going to be so cool, okay? I think about Jesus. I think about Jesus, right? And, and here's my thought. My thought is, and, I, and I've preached this before, think about the resurrected body that Jesus came back in. Now, listen, God can do whatever he wants. So he might have Pastor Sof, uh, he might have Pastor Sof ruling from Israel. He might have him from Jerusalem. And Pastor Sov might have the ability, because God raises his glorified body the way he wants, he might have the ability to, to, be, to move at the speed of thought. He might go, Pastor, he might come over here and say, Ben, uh, I need to talk to you. You've got this, this, and going on. And I go, okay, so where are you going? He goes, going back to Israel. Boom. And he's gone. I don't know. But I know that Jesus could do that. Jesus could move at the speed of thought. He could also walk through walls. Okay. And so you and I are going to have a glorified body that's going to be able to walk through walls. That would be cool. Okay? I have walked into a lot of walls in my day. I've never walked through them. Okay? I've hit them. They've hurt. I've got a bump. But one day it's going to be so cool because it's going to be like, whoa, this is so cool. So he says, now listen, God's going to make that body. But... Let me let, let's go on. Let me give you let me give you um, let me give you the third perspective. But before I do, remember this body's going to go in the ground, and what God makes is going to be phenomenal. It's going to be phenomenal. Look at verse forty. He says there are also what celestial bodies and terrestrial bodies, but the glory of the celestial is one, and the glory of the terrestrial is another. There is one glory of the sun, another glory of the moon, another glory of the stars. For one star differs from another, right? Another star in glory. So Paul says, here's what he's doing, okay? He's giving us an illustration, and he's going to change it from biology and zoology, okay? He's going to start using astronomy, and he's going to use all of these things, okay? You go, what? He goes, let's talk about about angels. All the angels are not the same. He says, they have differing bodies. He goes, but all all the bodies of the earth. So he's going to use heavenly... That's what celestial means, heavenly, and terrestrial means earthly. And he says, now, they're all different. But he says, as a matter of fact, listen, you've guys seen the moon. The moon is different than than the sun. Stars are different. Listen, I get it, okay? We have what you call light pollution, okay? When you live in a city, it's hard to see the stars, there's lights everywhere, and, but you go out to, to an isolated place, guys, you get close, man, the stars are amazing, and everyone seems to be different. One's flickering a little bit brighter, one's moving, and, and this is what God's saying. He goes, God created them all, and he created them for his glory, and for his glory, and that's what he's saying. So, so Paul says, okay, perspective number one, he says, let's talk about a seed. Everybody goes, yeah, farmer, yeah, that's just, we put the seed in, and, and it grows up wheat. We put the seed in, and, and whatever it grows, right? He says, and, and, and your bodies look at, just take a, take a look around you, right? Everybody's body's different. It's, it's just, it's, it's, it's cool. It, it's very similar. Humans look similar, right? We all have two eyes and nose and blah, 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 blah. He says, but we're still very different. He says, your glorified body's going to be the same. And he says, now, and he says, okay, so, 
So now we come and we say, let's, let's talk about astronomy. It's the same with celestial bodies, heavenly bodies, you know, they differ in brightness, ter- terrestrial bodies on earth, right? There is a marked difference between heavenly and earthly bodies. Heavenly bodies shine, but earthly bodies do not. The glory of the mortal human bodies is different from that of immortal human bodies. Okay, where's your mind going right now? Think about, right, think about the Mount of Transfiguration, okay, where Jesus was just shining in his glorified. He was still there, but it was there, was there, <gasps> right? They're like, man, do you remember what Pete said? Lord, it's good for, let us build three tabernacles here. But he saw Elijah and Moses talking to God, to Jesus, and they all were shining in glorified bodies, these celestial, these, it was just amazing. And so it goes, oh, okay. And so what Paul does is he starts to think. He goes, okay, let me anticipate what you're thinking. How about I do this? He says, let me summarize what we just talked about. And that's what he does in verse 42 and 43. Take a look with me. He says, also, so also is the resurrection of the dead, right? The body is sown in corruption. It's raised in incorruption. Hallelujah. It is sown in dishonor and it's raised in glory. It's sown in weakness and it's raised in power. Here's what Paul's saying. He goes, let me sum up, right? Our natural bodies right here, guys, have been sown into corruption, to dishonor and weakness. Now, this is why we don't take sin lightly. Because when Adam and Eve sinned, it totally fractured everything. And from then on, from then on, from then on, it fractured everything. And we're, we're sown into corruption, dishonor, and weakness. But now our new resurrection bodies, we were raised to incorruption, power, and honor. Paul has argued the difference and the newness of the resurrection of the bodies. Okay? So what's he saying? He now contrasts the resurrection of the body, right, with the natural body. Resurrection bodies will be unique, as all the contrasts have seen in the previous verses. Our resurrection body, guys, is going to be unique, man, in the difference of, of, of everything else. Here's what Paul's saying. God designed our resurrection body for eternity, okay? And so he's going to give us a prototype. Now, before he does, look at verse 44 with me. He says, it is sown a natural body, and it's raised up a spiritual body. It is sown a natural body, it's raised up a spiritual body. What does that mean? Guys, if you're taking note, you need to go ahead and underline the spiritual body, okay? Because this is so cool. He says, we have a natural body, our current body is a natural, while our resurrection body is spiritual, Okay, it's designed for eternity and it's suited for living in God's presence. You go, what does, what does that mean? That means our body, okay, is going to be suited spiritually, not physically. So when the Corinthian churches were going, um, I don't want the old body back. I don't want this to happen. What did he say? He said, Basically, what? He said, you're not going to have the same body. You're going to have a body that's going to be able to walk in the Spirit. 
you're going to have a body that's made for the Spirit. This is what he's talking about. And I love that. Why? Just underline that word. It's so cool. He says, listen, this body is going to be a spiritual, spiritual body. I wonder what that looks like. People ask, am I going to be able to recognize so-and-so in heaven? Am I going to be able to recognize my family? Am I going to know, listen, am I going to know who Sophie is in heaven, right? I mean, because he's going to have a different body. And maybe he won't be, you know, as strong. And I don't know, but, but, but nonetheless, I just, I wonder. I wonder if those who have no hair will have hair. I don't know. I don't know. But nonetheless, maybe, maybe those of us who have hair, Jesse won't have any. I, just, I don't know, but I know it is a spiritual body. I'm being silly. But this is so cool because God says, I'm going to design your body and it's going to be designed for the spiritual. Look at verse 45. He says, so it is written, the first man, Adam, became a living being and the last Adam became a life-giving spirit. Okay, so what's he doing? He's contrasting Adam and Jesus. You got to love Paul. He says, however, the spiritual is not first but the natural, and afterwards, the spiritual. Guys, listen, when we're born, we're born in Adam. Not this Adam here, but, but Adam, uh, right? We were born in Adam. We are born natural. This is what happens, okay? Those of you who have kids, you know what happens. You, your belly starts to grow. There's a baby inside, and then the baby comes out, and it's like, man, this is exactly, this is, oh, this is, he says, natural, natural. He says, the first man... What uh, of earth was made of dust, and the second man is the Lord from heaven. So let's first and foremost not get that uh, confused. Okay? Let's not get it confused. You go, what do you mean? We often say, well, see, Jesus was just a man, and, but he didn't come from the dust like we did. He wasn't born. He was, he was born spiritual. Spiritual. Okay? As it was the man of dust, and also those who are made of dust, as is a heavenly man, also those who are heavenly. I love it. Paul says, listen, okay, so you were born natural? Okay. But when you're born again, it's now supernatural. It's heavenly. It's heavenly. Really easy. And as we have born in the image of man of dust, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly man. Now this I say, brethren... That flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does corruption inherit incorruption. So, what's Paul saying? It's really simple. Let me just give you a prototype, okay? You're born in Adam. You're natural. You're flesh. You need to be born again. That's key. That's key. In a moment, I'm going to give you an opportunity, guys, to open up your heart and invite Jesus inside. Okay, we want to do this every time. Here's why. Listen, you might be watching on Facebook Live. You might be watching this on a rebroadcast on a website. You might be listening to it on podcast. And maybe one day you might be listening to this on the radio. But I always want to give you an opportunity exactly what Paul is saying. Paul is saying, listen, right now you might just be in your sins. You might be in the natural. And you're wondering, I have no hope. What's going on? But, but, but Jesus came to give you spiritual life. 
to change you from the inside out. And as we close our study this morning, guys, let me summarize what Paul has taught us, and then I'm going to give you a invitation. Okay? As we close our study, Paul deals with two common errors regarding the nature of the resurrected body. You go, what's that? He says, is our resurrected body going to be the same body that dies and goes in the grave and it's simply reconstituted? That's really the argument. And Paul teaches, no, 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 no. He says, Paul teaches through the Holy Spirit, no, God is going to raise up a new spiritual body that may or may not look like us. I don't know the whole ins and outs. I know it's going to be spiritual, but let me tell you what this, it will look a lot like Jesus, his body. That's what he's saying. Is, are we, are we going to have the same body? Is it going to be full of sin? And gr- no, no, no. It's going to be. Listen, when you go in the grave, you're going to be resurrected uh, amazingly. Pastor, I have a question. What about worship? I mean, I mean I'm sorry. What about, um, what about the rapture? In the rapture, I'm not going to die, like Paul says. I'm, I'm, no, no, but see, what Paul says is that it says, he says, the dead in Christ the rise first, and we who are alive will be, remain, will be caught up, will be transformed at that moment. Okay? So whatever body is here is going to be instantly transformed into our glorified body. That's the beauty of the rapture. Those people who have gone before us, we've laid to rest. And we cry, and we miss them. And we go, oh man, I can't wait to see them again. But one day they're going to resurrect and the glorified body is going to be amazing. But so will you if, if you're in Christ. Listen, in our current situation, it's going to get better. But I, I, I have to be careful how I say this. I don't want you to respond to an invitation because you, you, you're afraid and things are going crazy. And then when things get better, you go, oh, well, uh, I'm okay now, God, I've got this. I, I want you to search your heart deep inside and go, okay, Lord, where am I with you? Whether it's a virus or not a virus. Because see, back many years ago, 6,000 years ago, there was, there was a virus that spread through the whole world and continues to spread. And that virus is sin. And every time somebody's born, that virus is in them. But the only antivirus, the only antidote is Jesus. And he took that for us. So listen, if you're watching, listen, let me just, let me just share. Let me just share two minutes, okay? Two minutes. Wherever you are right now, if the Holy Spirit is t- nudging on your heart, amen, I need to be right with God. I need to be right with God. And I know some of us feel like we're a million miles away from God. I know we do. I remember sitting in the church feeling like, God, God's not even listening to me, man. I'm, I'm praying and I just feel so far from him. Maybe you're, you're watching and you just feel far from God. I get it. But listen, listen to me. You're only one decision away from, from coming back to him. You need to make that decision. You need to say, today is the day that I surrender my life to God. And here's what you need to do. Listen. You need to admit you're a sinner and that you can't get to heaven on your own. 
and that all your good works are not going to, the Bible says they're like filthy rags, okay? So they're, all the good works, I, I, it's got to be a supernatural thing. So I admit I'm a sinner. And I, I believe, I believe the foundation, that what Paul said, that Jesus Christ, fully God, fully man, came down. He died on the cross for me. He was buried on the third day he rose. He's now sitting at the right hand of God interceding for me. I believe that. I believe that with all my, and I know one day he's going to come back. And Paul writes, for me to live is Christ, to die is gain. And so what he's saying is right now, man, when I, when I accept Jesus into my heart, I'm going to live for Jesus, man. What does that mean? I need to repent from my sins, and I'm going to follow Jesus. And if I die, I gain, because I get to be with him. Resurrected body It's the most amazing thing. But I understand, because I was in your, in your seat at one point. I understand. Because you're asking the same questions that the Corinthians ask. How? Well, how does this work? What do, I mean, it's really simple. It's, it's by faith. It's a supernatural thing if you'll just open up your heart, search your heart right now and say, God, I'm not right with you, and I want to be right. And you pray a simple prayer like this. Mean it from your heart. I'm, I, I'm just going to give you, I'm going to give you a prototype of the prayer, but you mean it with all of your heart. Lord Jesus, I'm sorry for my sin. I know I'm a sinner, and I need a Savior. I need your spirit so that I can get to heaven. I can't get there on my own. And I I confess that to you. Lord, I repent of my sins, God. I believe that you died on the cross for me. I believe it. And I believe you were buried, and I believe you rose on the third day. I believe that with all of my heart. I believe you are God, and I believe you're coming back for me one day. So today, Lord, I open up my heart. I invite you inside, and I'm asking you to be my Lord to be my God, to be my Savior. Lord, I need a friend. Will you be my friend? I choose this day to follow you, Jesus, for forever I'm yours. If you prayed that prayer with me, man, welcome to the family of God. We love you so much, but we want to hear about it, okay? We don't want to just leave you alone. We've got Bible. We've got some resources we want to give you. Here's what I need you to do. Go ahead and comment. Say, hey, Pastor, I was watching this, and uh, I gave my life to Jesus. And then, and, then, and then we can reach out. Listen, if you, if you prayed that prayer, guys, wherever you are right now, call 806-799-2227. We'll answer the phone. We'll pray with you. We'll get you an address. We'll get you a Bible sent out to you. We'll do whatever we need to do. Listen, if you're, if you're watching this later on, go ahead and call. Leave a message on the machine. That's cool, too. We'll, we'll get it. And if you're listening to this by podcast, hey, you can call. We're here. Um, whatever you need to do, reach out to us. You can hit us up on Facebook, whatever you need to do. Hey, we love you. We're going to worship one last song. We will see you on Wednesday. Be praying. We're praying for you. Don't forget. Um, Tuesday, drive through. Isn't that cool? Drive through prayer. You don't have to get down. Just roll down your windows. We'll pray. Give us a prayer need. We'll have a little form that you can fill out, and then we'll just keep praying for you. We'll just keep praying for you. We'll just keep praying for you. We love you guys with all of our heart. Thank you so much. God bless you. Have a great day. Hey, this is Pastor Josh. I hope this message has encouraged you in your walk with Jesus. If it has, we would love to hear your story of how it has impacted you, or especially if you responded to the invitation to receive Jesus into your heart as your Lord and Savior. To get in touch or to receive more information, please contact us by phone at 806-799-2227 or send an email to calvarylubbock at hotmail.com. 
Again, that phone number is 806-799-2227. Also, if you want to partner with us financially to take the gospel to West Texas and the world, please click on the Donate button on calvarychapellubbock.org. Thanks for listening to the podcast. May God richly bless you.